Hello, everyone. This is Deb McBride, and I welcome you to my astrology podcast. Today is June 1st, 2018, and I'm broadcasting from lovely Escazú in Costa Rica. And we've got some nice things going on this week, so let's have a look. Uh, the first thing is that Venus is making a lovely aspect to Jupiter. And this was uh, a, sort of an, one we waited for because Venus is in Cancer now and she's trining Jupiter in Scorpio. And a Venus trying Jupiter is a flowing aspect and it's in water signs. And this is an inspirational aspect between the greater benefic and the smaller benefic. And it's a really lovely time to be social, to contact people, to make new friends, to do great work with people, to be very creative, especially since they're in water signs. So Venus and Jupiter do a trine a couple times a year, and this is one of the more positive aspects. And we like to see this. It's really lovely. It's a for a change, something really nice. And I'm not saying be careful, watch out. You know, this is a lovely conversation that the two planets are having. So that's doing us some good. After all the intense activity astrologically we've had in the last month, it's really a relief to have something sweet like this. And this really is a sweet aspect. This is when you call a friend. This is when you reconnect with people. This is when you are just genuinely pleased and happy. And I had someone tell me this week that they've never been happier in their life, which is a lovely thing to hear. So that person was feeling this nice Venus-Jupiter aspect. Now, the other thing is that Venus is pretty busy and Venus tomorrow, June 2nd, makes a trine to Neptune, which is the higher octave of Venus because it is about the arts and spirit and, and uh, creativity. And Really, Venus-Neptune in a trine is also very rare. Um, it doesn't happen just a couple times a year. And Neptune's in Pisces. So Neptune's in its own sign. So now we have what we call a grand trine. And we saw last week that Jupiter and Neptune were connecting with each other, which is a great time to do spirit work and a great time to be inspired, to listen to your intuition, to open you know, open the floodgates to your emotions, open your heart. But this is really particularly great because Venus has arrived at just the right time to meet these two other planets in a soft flowing aspect. So we like this. This is not something that happens ever. <laughs> it's happening because Jupiter is in a water sign and it's making a lovely aspect to Neptune and Venus happens to line up with them at the right time. That's pretty spectacular and it's very important. So while this aspect, this grand trine is in effect over the next few days, it's a great time to be creative, be inspired, reach out to people, be social, be forgiving, be empathic. Open the door to someone you might not normally open the door to, or reach out to be sort of connecting with people you might not normally connect with. Say yes to things, say yes to social things. Um, and, you know, Neptune is an empathic influence, 
everything is in water. These three planets are in water. This is a really sweet and special time. It's very pleasant. And it's just, uh, you know, this is a very rare, rare aspect indeed. So it's an important thing to remember that sometimes you might not want to say yes to someone or you want to give somebody a hard time. And with an aspect like this, this is a time of saying, okay, you know what? I'm letting it go. I'm opening my heart. They can come, you know, they can come see me, etc. Or, all right, I'll forgive them or etc. Those are, those are the moments that we're going to see with this. And that's really special and important. So keep that in mind over the next few days, because Venus isn't going to be here very long. She'll be moving on in the next few days. And then, well, let's, while we're on the topic of Venus, let's talk about next Tuesday <laughs> when Venus opposes Pluto that Tuesday night at Eastern to Standard Time. So enjoy these moments because next week Venus opposes Pluto. Now, last week she was opposing Saturn and this is the moment in between where, you know, she could just sort of float on by from Saturn to Pluto, but she's having this lovely connection and this lovely moment. So we have to appreciate this. It's a great time to be grateful for our lives and what's in them and who's in them. But when we get to Venus, Pluto, well, you know, we can write a book about this because it's the opposition. It's a hard aspect. So Venus and Pluto, when they get together, raise all sorts of interesting dynamics. The first thing is that Venus and Pluto are definitely different energies. Venus is love and it's uh, friendship and it's camaraderie and it's creativity. Pluto is about intensity and passion and sometimes anger and sometimes destruction. Pluto can be powerful or powerless. Now, when Venus and Pluto get together in an opposition, it's usually once a year, thankfully. Um, <laughs> but sometimes if Venus is retrograde, they may have more attachments. But this time, it's really just one opposition. And here's what happens. The first signature of Venus-Pluto is we're combining the passion and the intensity and sometimes darkness of Pluto with the sweetness of Venus, especially in Cancer. Venus is very sweet in Cancer. So when we start looking at this, that's the opposition. So on the one hand, you might want to be sweet. And after these few days with, you know, the Jupiter and the Neptune, you really want to be in a good mood and you want to be sweet. When it hits Pluto, it's a lot tougher. So this is, you know, a tough female or it's a triangle because Venus and Pluto brings in drama. So this is a little bit of a soap opera. So we're morphing from something very lovely and gentle to something intense and possibly problematic. That's why I'm saying be grateful for these moments because once we get to Tuesday and we have Venus-Pluto, some of you may feel it, some of you might not. Venus-Pluto has a signature that can bring intense jealousy, possessiveness, um, obsession, um, and I said triangle. So that means you know, you're with someone and find out there's somebody else or you are with someone and know there's somebody else and you don't care and you're getting involved anyway because the two of you are so drawn to each other because Venus-Pluto is a magnetic aspect. And so what we deal with 
on Venus Pluto is something where we can't say no, or we just feel like we're very driven to be together or driven to go after someone. And the hard thing about this is breaking the spell of Venus Pluto because it's not a, a sweet, nice aspect. It's like you're mesmerized by someone or you're obsessed by someone or you are completely, uh, you know, passionate with someone. Now the good part of this energy, there is always a good side, is to use it to be extraordinarily brilliantly creative and to use it to the advantage of your mastery and what you do for a living. It's great if you're managing money, you know, um, if you're protecting resources and you're managing your assets and, or other people's assets, this is actually, you know, something really good. It means you're sharp. It means you're on your game. It means that you're particularly careful about what you're doing because Pluto is in Capricorn. But this isn't something where it's a friendly, sweet, exchange with someone. It's like you see someone for the first time and you're absolutely magnetically drawn to them. And we like to say that the Venus-Pluto hard aspects are related to the Persephone myth. And if you don't know the Persephone myth, um, I can tell it to you in brief. Persephone was out gathering flowers. She was a young girl out gathering flowers with her mother, the goddess of the grain, the goddess of agriculture, uh, Ceres. And Persephone went to, you know, walk around the gardens with her mother. And when her mother turned around to find her at one point, Persephone was missing. And this is because she had been abducted and brought into Pluto's underworld. And she was carried off, brought by his chariot down into the underworld, unbeknownst to her mother, because the underworld is a dark place and nobody knows because there's all sorts of secrets there. So Venus Pluto also rules secrets. And what will happen uh, eventually is that, you know, the goddess of the grain was walking the earth, wondering where her daughter was and was asking people and nobody really had a clue until I believe it was the sun, Helios, that told her and said, you know, your daughter's with Pluto. And so she sent Mercury down there to get her daughter because basically she said, I want my daughter back or nothing is going to grow on this earth. So you, somebody has to go negotiate with Pluto and bring back my daughter. So by the time somebody went to retrieve step Persephone, uh, they went to the underworld, Mercury, and they find out that Persephone has eaten a few pomegranate seeds while she's down there in the underworld. And she's sort of indulged. So which means that Persephone was no longer a young girl. She was a woman. And so... Persephone got to come up to the upper worlds to be with her mother for only six months of the year. But the rules of the underworld are if you've eaten something there, you have to return to the underworld for the other six months of the year. So she became the goddess of the underworld and Pluto's wife. And essentially, when we have a Venus-Pluto aspect, we become knowledgeable in a way that maybe we didn't expect knowledgeable in a feminine wisdom way for women or knowledgeable in a creative way or something a little dark steps in because Pluto is the planet of the underworld. This is not something where, you know, this is, we're just staying on the surface here. Something becomes known to us. Pluto is also a planet of the collective unconscious. And so 
when we dive into a Pluto Venus like this, it's very possible that we get a taste of the collective or we get a taste of our own darkness. So if you're doing any good spiritual healing work or emotional healing work, this is, this is a good aspect. This one packs a punch. This one helps you work out relationship issues. Um, it can also bring up relationship issues, but really this is a time to work it out and become aware because again, outer planets make us aware. They are transcendental. If you do find out something is unpleasant or not to your liking, the best thing to do is transcend it. Step above it, rise above it. Don't think that it's going to have to bring you down necessarily. Pluto Venus can be very enlightening. And so Venus is busy. Venus is really making some big aspects to heavy hitters in these next few days. So today with Jupiter, tomorrow with Neptune, we're on a path of enlightenment in our relationships and our creativity and maybe our finances too. But I always think that money is never the bottom line. Money indicates something deeper going on in our lives. So what we need to do is look where that deeper element is. And so just be open, keep your eyes open, stay aware, uh, stay connected, because when Venus and Pluto meet on Tuesday the 5th, in the evening. Shortly before that, the sun and Mercury are going to meet. And the sun and Mercury together are in information. Now remember, Mercury is the one who went and retrieved Persephone from the underworld. So we have, we have to think that Mercury has something to say here. Okay. So Mercury is definitely going to have a message. And then the next morning on the 6th, Wednesday, Mercury squares Neptune. So this is actually an interesting group of aspects because now we're moving, Venus is moving away from this lovely grand trine into this more prickly aspect with Pluto. And then there's the Sun-Mercury thing. So remember before I mentioned secrets, Secrets can be something that turn up during Venus-Pluto. And a Venus-Pluto aspect doesn't have to manifest in something majorly dramatic, but it can be one of those, oh, look, I heard this, don't tell anyone I told you, or don't tell her I told you this, or I'm not supposed to say anything, but, you know, especially with the Sun-Mercury. And the next day with Mercury square Neptune, Mercury's got secrets and Mercury is telling us something that is maybe a little hard to believe, or Mercury is giving us information that maybe we don't want to see or is good, but we actually have to take a step back and say, wow, am I really hearing this? This is pretty amazing. Um, the sun is going to enlighten. The sun always shines a light on something. So I think that while we're having a Venus Pluto, this about a half an hour apart from the sun Mercury, I believe that we're all going to get a piece of enlightenment about something and there's going to be some interesting information imparted to us. So this is, this is a fairly important couple of days. So enjoy the Venus, Jupiter and Venus, Neptune over the next few days. And then as we watch it shift over till Tuesday, just sort of watch what you're seeing um, in connect with what's really happening. Um, connect with what the truth is because, you know, we've got that sun Mercury. The truth may be hidden from us and then it's revealed. We might not be able to believe the truth or something 
unique is happening with our perception of the truth. So it's actually a very interesting few days with Venus. The other thing is the sun is very busy. The sun, which is in Gemini now, and the sun is going to be making its square to Neptune the day after all of this. So Thursday the 7th. So this is again, more of the same energy, more of this Neptunian. Did I hear that correctly? Is this the truth? Can I believe this? Uh, or is there some light being thrown on this to make it look a certain way? Um, I'm finally getting the truth kind of thing. So I would just stay keenly aware this week. This is one of those weeks where you want to keep your ear to the ground and just sort of watch the signs and listen to your intuition very strongly. In the meantime, Mercury, as we speak today, June 1st, is making a very nice aspect to Mars. So this is good for getting things done. This is good for, again, being social. This is good for um, just sort of connecting with your sense of courage and confidence. So if you think you can do it, you can do it. That's what this aspect says. So I like to think that, you know, Mars and Mercury together are really, really good. They, they help us, you know, stay alert, stay aware, be focused and get the job done. Um, moving right along, tonight we will have a moon Pluto aspect, which is actually quite powerful and can sort of help open up the door to these uh, more secretive energies we're working with this week. Mercury is also making a nice aspect to the nodes in the next few days and the nodes of fate. And when it's doing that, it's helping us, again, course correct and see where we're going and watching our path open and information about our path and what our path is looking like these next few days is actually very important. Um, the sun is going to be making a lovely quintile to, or biquintile to Pluto later on in the week on Tuesday. So that's extraordinarily creative. Biquintiles are, are fun to have because they're unusual aspects. They don't happen very often. And we like to use them to be, to tap into our genius, to tap into our creativity, to tap into our sense of um, innovation. So it's actually a very good aspect that we're having. And the same day, Mercury is going to be biquintiling Pluto. So this is because the sun and Mercury are conjunct that day. So this is really good for doing some intellectual, deep thinking work. It's good for uh, probing to the matter, the end matter of something, probing to the depths of something. If you're doing research, it's great for that. You might have some sort of breakthrough. If you're a healer or a therapist and you're working with your clients, your clients might have a breakthrough. This is a really good uh, breakthrough kind of day on Tuesday. So that's, that's actually quite excellent. Um, now, one of the things I wanted to bring up is that our friend Mars, who's in Aquarius and going to be in Aquarius for a long time, is has been visiting the degree of four degrees Aquarius during this past week. Now, it's sort of hovering there 
because it's really slowing down and it's not really moving quickly. So it's, it's at five degrees now and it's going to stay at five degrees a few days. And remember, it's going to turn around at nine degrees. So it's really only going to move another four degrees this month. So when it's at this four degree aspect or five degrees as it is right now, it's triggering the eclipse point that we're going to have on July 27th. This is really important because the eclipse is a very big one that we're going to have this year on July 27th. And I noticed this week, especially Tuesday and Wednesday and a little bit on Thursday, that things got chaotic and things were getting a little bit loony. And one thing kept happening after another to the same person and that we had to sort of adjust ourselves to the call of the day. You know, it was just nonstop zany. And what I took that to mean was, okay, so here's Mars. It's triggering the eclipse point ahead of the eclipse. This is foreshadowing. This is giving us some information about what to expect when that eclipse comes. So it's going to be a profound eclipse because Mars is going to be part of the eclipse at the time on the 27th of July. It's a lunar eclipse because it's the sun opposite the moon and the moon will be in Aquarius and the sun will be in Leo. And Mars will be in Aquarius as it will be all summer for most of the summer. And it's a south node eclipse, which is where we're going to be clearing out things. So anything that we saw this week in these last few days, we have to sort of go back and pay close attention to because this is not something that's just going to disappear. If it was chaotic for you this week and there were some endings and there were some people telling you things then you need to go back and sort of review that because whatever experiences you had during this week, especially Tuesday and Wednesday, they were foreshadowing of what this eclipse is about for you. So the eclipse falls someplace for everyone in everyone's chart. And the point of it is we have to really pay attention because this one's going to be squaring Uranus as well. So this is, there's a lot of planets involved in this eclipse. It's high energy. It's volatile. And so if you saw some volatility this week, I advise you to get control over it because it's very easily going to become chaotic at the time of that eclipse. Now, you just might get busy. You just might have a lot of work. You have clients calling. You have a lot of work to do. You're working late. You have to hire extra help. Maybe your life is just a bit chaotic, but essentially what's happening is you're getting ready for this eclipse that's going to shift something. And we're all going to shift something in our lives this summer. So we're all going to let go of something and we're all going to enlighten ourselves to something really profound and, and extraordinary. Because this is the first time since 1971 that Mars will be retrograde in Aquarius. And Aquarius is the sign of the revolutionary. So something in your life wants a revolution. And if you have anything at four degrees Aquarius, then it's going to be set off by this eclipse. And you probably felt it this week. It was set off by something. So pay attention um, and connect with it and understand what's happening this week, because um, this is, this has been uh, just sort of a precursor to that energy. So that's really important. And we're going to talk more about the eclipses as the weeks come 
because we have three eclipses this year. And since there were three eclipses, there's lots of energy flying around this summer and lots of uh, different points for everyone. There was one in Cancer and one in Leo Aquarius, another one in Leo. So the one that I just mentioned on July 27th is the strongest eclipse because it is closest to the nodes of fate. So watch where they're going. Mars is connecting with the south node already. And remember, you're clearing out. So think about clearing out. It's a good time to clear out a lot of things in your life that you don't no longer want and take action towards clearing things out, meaning Mars is an action planet and we use it to take action. As far as the moon goes this week, there are no lunations. Um, right now, the moon is in Capricorn. It goes void this evening at 1137 Eastern Time. And it goes into Aquarius tomorrow night at 6.06 p.m. So the moon is void all day if you're in the Eastern Time Zone. The moon is void all day tomorrow till 6 p.m. in Capricorn. So get some chores done. Do your Saturday shopping. Don't you don't necessarily start any new projects, although when the moon is in Capricorn, we are often motivated to start things. But it's not a time to start something new tomorrow before the moon goes into Aquarius. And here's another tip. The moon's going to be in Aquarius from tomorrow evening until Monday the 4th at actually it's going to be going void at Monday the 4th at 1:10 a.m. And then it's going to go into Pisces at 6.53 a.m. on the 5th. So it's void all day on Monday too. So in Aquarius, what the moon is going to be doing is going through Aquarius these next few days. And when it does that, it's going to trigger Mars. So Mars and the moon are going to meet 6.22 a.m. Sunday morning. And that's a real um, upbeat wake-up call kind of aspect because remember the moon is going to be meeting mars at the eclipse point in july and with the south node so you again may get a taste of this eclipse and we're going to be talking a lot about that so again the moon is void all day tomorrow until 6 p.m the moon is void all day on monday really all day on monday um until the morning of the fifth tuesday and then it's in Pisces for a few days and it's void all day again next Thursday, the 7th, because it goes void at 2.35 a.m. in the east and then goes into Aries at 5.26 p.m. So we've got long voids this week. And use that time to just do your chores, balance your checkbook, get your grocery shopping done. Don't start anything new, especially when the moon is void in Pisces. It's a very sleepy time on Thursday the 7th. So if you feel exhausted, it's okay. Take a rest. Go to the movies. Take a nap. Uh, take a swim or a hot bath. All of those are good things to do when the moon's void in Pisces. Um, as far as other aspects this week, we've got some nice quintiles, as I mentioned, and there's some good creativity floating around. But other than that, I remind you to just sort of pay attention to what you're feeling this week, what you're doing and how it's affecting you because we are gearing up for that eclipse and we are seeing a lot of aspects with relationships with regard to Venus. So 
if you have any questions, I'm Deb McBride. My website is debmcbride.com. My email is deb at debmcbride.com. And I'm reading you from Costa Rica. And I do sessions. I do astrology sessions. And they also include astrocartography, which is taking your chart and putting it over geographical maps to see where good points are for you on the earth. My Instagram and Twitter are both at Deb Astrology, and I welcome all questions and uh, any sort of comments, as long as they're positive. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, and have a good week.